welcome back to the Loyal and True Podcast. Yes, we are back. I'm Jason Evans. That's Jared Kennedy. And we are the voice of those Loyal and True fans who are Loyal and True, maybe to a fault. Jared, it's been a while. Cowboys lost the Texas Bowl. How's it going? It's going pretty good. And I'd say almost, I'd almost change that to always to a fault the way I've been feeling lately about our Cowboys. Sometimes seem, it seems that way. <laughs> it seems like that sometimes. We just can't get over that hump. Yeah, it, it 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 does seem that way. It seemed like even in the midst of the season, you saw Spencer Sanders seem seemingly maybe turn the corner a little bit. Then he, he hurts his thumb and he's out for the rest of the season. Um, but but we'll talk about that uh, plenty here in the in the upcoming moments. But before we get to that, Jared, we do I, I kind of wanted to address why we've taken uh, such a long break. We had a lot of stuff going on over the summer, but we anticipated coming back in the fall. Um, but uh, life sometimes gets in the way, and uh, that's kind of happened in in your scenario, Jared. But the good news is, it looks like we're going to be able to get back at it. It does sometimes get in the way, and. Uh suppose I'll take some of the blame for that long hiatus. It, it uh, kind of came on my end a little bit. Um, oh, you know, I was just to, just to give a little update. I was uh, uh, not really an update just to, to share with any of those who probably don't know. Uh, I had been getting sick for, I'd been sick for a little while and uh, to make a long story short um, through the summer um, ending the near the end of summer um I found out in uh, early August I was diagnosed with colon cancer. So I've kind of had some uh, – I know we, we had planned on picking it back up, and then we kind of had to put the brakes on for a little bit, um, just, you know, kind of as I get my feet wet and get my feet under underneath me a little bit and, you know, knowing what I was going to be dealing with and going through. and and uh, But now I, I feel like I'm at a point to where – you know, things are good. I was a uh, diagnosed stage three cancer and, uh, I'm, I'm with an excellent team. I know they haven't, uh, paid for sponsorship, but I'm going to go ahead and give them a shout out there. Uh, cancer treatment centers of America. They have, uh, that's who I've chose to use. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with being public about, you know, who my team is. Um, because I've just been, I've been blessed, you know, and where God has placed me through this whole, uh, journey. So, uh, so yeah, so now I'm currently, uh, I got chemo underway, uh, a couple months ago. I am currently on right now. I'm actually live from Atlanta, Jason. Yeah. I've got the, uh, I've got the, uh, peach bowl going on just down the street, uh, from me, but, uh, I am currently on, uh, uh, part five, uh, chemo treatment five. I'm doing that as we speak. Um, of 12 total treatments that I'm going to be doing. So I'll be, I'll be, I do this, I go down about every other week. Uh, it's every 14 days. I fly out here to Atlanta and, uh, I get my treatment done. I'm on five. I've got, a, um, you know, a few more to go. I'll, I'll do up to 12 and, uh, hopefully I'll be knocking this thing out and be done by, you know, May sometimes. Uh, so, uh, it's going well. I, I, you know, it's, it has, it's, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, but it, uh, you know, makes you realize a few things, you know, somebody's always got it worse than you. And, uh, it makes you, it's really made, make you think of, 
uh, think about all the things you're blessed with rather than all the trials you have to go through. And, and most of the time, you know, I've found that in doing so, you know, most of the times your blessings far outweigh your, your trials. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm glad to be back. You text messaged me about maybe kicking this thing back up after the new year. And I texted you back and I was like, you know, it's not quite the new year. You know, this might not post until, you know, the new year, but, um, Let's do it now while I'm feeling good and have nothing to do but sit in a hotel room. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, I mean, we, and, 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 oh, go ahead. And let me let me say real quick. I, you know, I don't know who, you know, I don't know who listens or whatever, but I have had so much support from just like not only my community but you know surroundings, community, family, and all that. Like it's been it's really been overwhelming how much uh, support I've had and how much people have reached out. And, uh, you know, I try to do updates on, you know, some, they suggested journaling and I'm not great at journaling, but I'm okay with getting in front of a camera and, and talk or, you know, talking for a long amount of time. So I, I tried doing the vlogging stuff that I post on Facebook just to kind of give updates of, you know, um, where I'm at, um, I kind of do that on my Facebook page and it kind of keeps all those that are, cause, cause I really believe that it is a, you know, they make t-shirts and they, they hashtag it team Jared. It, you know, it really is a team thing. It's not just me going through this. I think that it's everybody that, you know, from their prayers, from their donations, you know, thoughts, what text messages, uh, everything, um, has played a big role in, in this fight. And so I'm truly appreciative and, uh, just want to give a shout out to any of those who, who may be listening. Well, that's great. And and we are team Jared here at the podcast and, you know, not to try to find a weird way to wrangle this back to Oklahoma state sports, right. but you talk about uh, getting a different perspective on life. Um, you know, it, it doesn't say that sports aren't fun or sports um, don't matter, but in the grand scheme of things, they're, they're not as important as life, you know? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of what you find on, you know, doing journeys like this and, and everybody's affected by cancer, whether you have it yourself or, you know, you know, somebody, your family members, you know, everybody's cancer through it. But I will say having sports definitely help you get through the process <laughs> a lot easier because it, it gives you something to, to be passionate about. It gives you something to, to, to care about and to, to yell at, you know, in our yeah. case and the TV screen, you know, last night, uh, well, is when the game was. And so it, it took my mind off of this bag I have attached to me currently and, and gave me a moment, moment to, uh, to yell a little bit and, uh, not about cancer, but about sports. And so <laughs> it does, there are more important things in life and you realize that, but, uh, I mean, Hey, uh, aside from God and family and friends and all that stuff, you know, sports is up there, you know, for me. And, and it, and it definitely has helped take my mind off uh, a lot of things. So I'm very, you know, love sports, Jason. Yeah. So, well you do. And, uh, we love going to Oklahoma state athletic events and Jared, you know, I mean, we've essentially missed talking about the entire season. Uh, it was a, a, a roller coaster of a season. Of course, you've got Chuba breaking the 2000 yard mark, the second player in Oklahoma state history. I think I read he had the 18th best 
running season all time in the 150 years of college football. So you've got that high. You've got the ups and downs of the Spencer Sanders uh, freshman campaign. You've got a defense that had super highs, a few a few major lows there in the middle of the season. Um, but it all culminated, as you said last night at this, the time of this recording, in the Texas Bowl, as Oklahoma State got to face against an unwanted rival, Texas A&M. And, um, well... The game started out okay, Jared. Well, it started out great. And I'm thinking, man, look at this defense coming out flying. Like, you know, everybody talk, wants to talk about how great the SEC defense is, but I think we can all agree this year the SEC defense has not been spectacular. Now, I know the Big 12 hasn't been spectacular easy either, but just watching us fire off, um, it looked like we were passionate about being there, even though it was the Texas Bowl. And I know our expectations, you know, have been a lot higher lately. But, uh, yeah, I thought, hey, this game is going in the good in a good way. But I won't lie in saying that the thought of how long will this last uh, passed through my, my mind. So it started out great. Well, the Cowboys jumped out to a 14-0 lead, and it wasn't, honestly, gangbusters. They missed uh, a field goal on their first drive. It was a 53-yarder. I'm not going to blame Amendola for that. We'll talk about yeah. him probably a little bit later. Um, they missed that off of after forcing an A&M fumble on the second play. So it wasn't like it was a perfect start. But the the two drives after that, they were able to get points on the board. And they were doing it, Jared, um, by letting Chuba open things up and then using the middle of the field and letting Drew Brown uh, hit some passes. And Braden Johnson, I mean, the speedster had a career game. He had 99 yards on two receptions in the first quarter. And uh, things just looked like they were, they were going to move in the Cowboys' favor. But... As you said, as an OSU fan, there's a little bit of uneasiness. You could you could see it on Twitter. Um, people immediately just assumed that Gundy was maybe going to pull the reins a little bit on the offense. And, I mean, we can speculate all we want, but, I mean, you can see it in the numbers. Like, something changed for sure because after starting out 14 to nothing, um, Cowboys didn't score again until they were under two minutes left in the fourth. And you can give some credit to the AM defense, but, honestly, I don't want to. I, I don't either because, I mean, listen, I know we're Oklahoma State fans here and we, you know, we, we try not to, to – we, we steer more in the positive than we do the negative, you know, at least we try. But, I mean, let's just be honest. We, time and time again this year, have watched ourselves. You know, I made the comment last night on Twitter, why is our best offense always the slowest offense at – being down, you know, by more than seven points with less than three minutes on the clock. Like, and what I mean by that is multiple games this year, we have been down um, by, you know, by seven or 14 points with an opportunity to go down and, you know, try something, do something. Yeah. And, and yet we're running our best offense, but we're running at a pace that's, not going to be good for nothing i mean you know last night we got two minutes left and we're you know we're running all this iso offense like it's just like i I just i don't understand it i don't understand i don't understand the pace in which we decide you know we want to move when the where was this i guess what i'm trying to say is where was this um where was that style of offense early on hey get it you know just a decent pace move the ball up the field you know like where was that place pace early on in the game in in the last two minutes we should be running a two-minute offense which is get up to the line hurry up snap it go because we were moving the ball 
go down there and then score. And then you leave yourself with more than 55 seconds left on the clock to try to, you know, try to do something. But it's like, I don't understand why in these games that we've been down by, by only seven or, you know, few more points. And, and we decide, Hey, now we want to call the calls we're calling, but we want to do it at a pace. That's not going to do any good for us. Even if we score. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't get that. Um, and I mean, we've, we've seen it over the years, the common denominator with, with this style of play seems to be the head coach, but I don't yep. know how much of that is Gleason, um, being, you know, I mean, by the end of the season, if you're not new anymore, so there's no excuse for him being in, uh, new in, into the program, but like, I don't know how much of it is Gleason trying to catch up to the game and then talking to Gundy so he can, you know, run, bounce ideas or whatever, because it just seems like, like you said, the play calls were right. I mean, obviously we marched right down and scored. It was, it was the pace of which, you know, and I know we're, we're Cowboy fans are used to the, the Holgerson Munkin, even first couple years of your such era of just like running gun, running gun, running gun. And, you know, pace yeah. was, was the key. Um, we haven't had that the last three seasons. I mean, truthfully. So I don't yeah. know if we're seeing a shift that OSU fans just aren't really ready to, to see in our, in our entire offensive philosophy, or if it's a matter of a new OC with the head coach trying to work with OC or, uh, injured players. I mean, we can't discount the fact that Tylen Wallace has been out since the Iowa state game. We can't discount the fact that Spencer Sanders played three plays, um, which were, I mean, you want to talk about a waste of time sure. if he's not ready to play if he he obviously can't throw the ball then don't play him i mean especially on fourth and one yeah especially on fourth and one when the game comes down to it you're down by seven and by the way you don't give it to the 2000 yard rusher in the backfield to get that one yard but anyway like yeah. there were there were so many questionable things and you know the defeat as Oklahoma state fan will fall back on the well that's just gundy that's what he does that's what he's done every every disappointing loss in Oklahoma state history looks almost exactly like this at least in the gundy era and you know, but but I'm tired of that excuse Jared yeah I, well I am too and like I want to get back to you know talk about Gleason I have you know I did hear you know from sources within that you know that played under him that he Gleason does run a, a much slower pl- pace than like Yersich did. Yeah. But if for any OSU fan to who has followed OSU the last, you know, 10 years or however long, if they cannot see that this is Mike Gundy's touch on offense, uh, like there, it, it's been the same stuff. You go through Yersich, like all of them, when it comes down to it, we're seeing a lot of the same stuff. So I don't know if like, um, I think Gleason maybe comes in and, and Gundy I, – I mean, this is just speculation of my guess, but I'm guessing Gleason comes in and Gundy says, okay, hey, here are – here's as far as your free range goes. Yeah. Other other than that, this is what I want to do. This Because if you look at – I mean, I don't care who – where Gleason was at, Princeton or whatever. Like, when you look at what he did and how he did it, it doesn't match up to what he's doing at Oklahoma State. No, no, but no. What no. Does ma- but what does match up is what Oklahoma State has been doing the past, you know, so many years. And then and then you get within the two-minute offense, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, now where were these plays and different stuff? And then it's almost like Gundy says, here, Gleason, I'll let you call it. But now we're going his pace. You know, now it's like slowed down and like – I, I, and the, the clock management, why why are we not calling the timeout and making sure we're getting a good fourth down call on that fourth and one? And like and just like you said, 
why is Spencer Sanders coming in the game? And side note, if Spencer Sanders hands that ball off to to Chuba on that last attempt, yeah, yeah. he may score a touchdown. Yep. Because there was nobody on that outside. Yep, we and had we that all outside have, sealed. Yes, and we we all see Chuba Hubbard and what he's capable of, and he very easily makes one, two, three guys miss uh, easily time and time again. I mean, if he ha- if he makes the re- to me, it's like. Uh, what you're doing is you're putting Sanders in the in the position of hey now we're putting you in we we need you and so like to me in his mind it's it's not a it's not a you know a a, a read as far as am I handing this off to Chuba or am I holding it myself it's you know it's a I'm keeping this all the way yeah it, that that's kind of what it seemed like and 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 I'm sure they they probably knew that I mean it's like the old we're gonna trick them go in and you think we're you think we're bringing him in we're gonna keep it but we're gonna go out but yet we know that Spencer's gonna keep it and it just ate it up I just I just don't understand the mindset in that and, and by the way all season long he's had 35 carries we've we've worn we've we have traveled on his back tuba Hubbards all season long. And this game, we only want to give him 18. I mean, was there some kind of agreement? Hey, I'll play in this bowl game, but listen, you know, only, you know, we agreed to only give you 20 or less carries. I, I don't know. Who knows? Well, I mean, the, the I conspiracy, well, the conspiracy side wants to say that because if you noticed, as soon as he got his 2,000 yards, he, he, he broke that long run to get over 2,000. Well, there's still over a minute left in the half. The Cowboys are driving. Uh, you know, to they're in AM territory. He doesn't come back in until the third down uh, on two busted plays. They have to waste the timeout. And then he finally comes back in to serve as a decoy before they miss the second field goal of the yeah. first half. And but it's almost like I, I seriously wondered okay, did he only play to get 2000? And then once he hit 2000, he wasn't coming back in. I seriously yeah. wondered that for a short time. And I and I would like to not think that because I've heard so many times, uh, you know, I, I know a few players that, you know, are, are on the team and, you know, and for every the media just they talk about how respectful and how humble Chuba Hubbard is and and he's just the greatest guy, I mean, to talk to. I've just I've heard that time and time again. I know you hear that a lot for different players, but you could just see it when he does interviews. And so just seeing the way he is, you would like to not think um it was about him like, hey, I'll play just so I can get my two thousand yeah. yards. Uh, you would like to think it was the you know the other way around, but that just tells me if if it is that, then obviously he's you know he's definitely coming out and going yeah. to the draft, or else you know you wouldn't do that. But and and that's I mean like I said that's that's more the conspiracy theory side because it's just yeah. like why don't I, like I mean this is the last game and unless there was a prearranged agreement, you got to ride him all the way out. It's not like you yeah. know they, he only got twenty four touches against OU and Bedlam. I mean, it's not yeah. like here at the end of the season they've just been burning him up. He's had almost a month off. I mean, he should at least be yeah. getting twenty-five carries. You know, and, thirty touches. And the other reason I might not think this was a conspiracy, like I think that this is a conspiracy theory, and that's not the way it was, is because Jason, how many times have we seen in these big games, and how many times have we seen when when big time players who we thought might go into the draft they they choose to come back their their final season how many times have we seen that talent wasted like yep. I, like i've se- we've seen it a bunch with players who, who have come back and we, we thought they're going to have big time years and then it was like the reins were just pulled back on them and so that's an also something else i think about like this also just seems like a typical gundy you know way way he does things like like it, 
even if he knew he was coming back next year, he could very well say, well, I want to make sure we don't do nothing stupid and get him hurt for yeah. next year. And we're going to pull the reins back and we're going to see what Brown could do, you know? And, and I mean, that's another part of it where I just think this was just Gundy and, and the play call was just, I mean, it's been horrendous all year. I'm sorry. It's been, and I know there were other factors. I mean, but the guy had 19 carries, 158 yards, like 8.3 yards average per carry. Like, it makes no sense. That dude could have went for 250 yards if we gave him the normal, you know, the normal touches easily. I mean, he was – and they were stacking the box, Jason. They were bringing heat. I mean, and we were still – he was still making guys miss. And I, and I know you, we, you know, you talked about it a little bit, but – you know, we talk about, you know, the, the big game, you know, uh, Johnson had, you know, where's he been all year? And I want to say, I want to say he played a great, I mean, five receptions, 124 yards, two touchdowns, obviously great. But how many times did he have his guy when, when our receivers are burning their guys wide open and we can't catch a ball. I mean, there were a couple of key drops that were, we just, we didn't have, if we, if we had somebody, uh, like, um, um, Wallace, you know, that can, that knows how to go up and get the ball and make those catches. I think also it could have been a different outcome. So I am excited about Johnson. I do wonder like, you know, where he's been. And, and I was excited for Drew Brown because I honestly thought Drew played a heck of a game and he could have played a much bigger role in the game. Yeah. Had the play calling. And like you said, when, when he was starting to give it to Chuba, it was opening things up for him in the passing game. And then if he maybe got a little help from, you know, our receivers and I'm never going to quit asking why we don't throw more slants over the middle. I know, you know so. I know like, and that's especially with someone like Braden Johnson, every big catch he had, including his two touchdowns were catches over the middle. And I mean, fans have been crying for it all year long that this team this year did not utilize the middle of the field at all. And the, the, all. the one time they would a game, it would always result in a big play. You've got a six foot seven behemoth, at Cowboy back and Jelani Woods, who's proven he can catch the ball and you throw him on an out route. Like the only time you throw it to him in the game is an out route, which happened to go for a first down. But I mean, use the middle of the field. And and I know some of that is, is you've got inexperienced quarterback uh, with Spencer Sanders and someone who's probably got a little bit of rust on him, even here at the end of the season with Drew Brown and Gundy's probably scared, you know, the middle of the field is a dangerous place. It's where you leave wide receivers out to dry. It's where you have linebackers pick off passes. It's 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 a dangerous place. But when you've got a running back like like Chuba Hubbard, the middle of the field becomes such a weapon, and they they yeah. never never used it um, this year. They didn't use it last year either, though. For for whatever that's worth. Yeah, the little the little swing pass and then the the long ball seems to be the only thing we have in our arsenal and it just drives me nuts yeah. and on johnson you know i mean it, it was great he was able to burn past those guys but you know there were a couple of times that the brown overthrew him or way underthrew him but there are a couple of times yeah. he's got to come up even amidst yeah. the questionable you know times there may have been some interference that wasn't called um you've got to to be able to come down with those but having said that i don't think brayden johnson needs to be your fly guy on the outside even though he's so fast he's a he's a ready-made slot receiver you know, yeah. he's the guy who needs to be going over the middle, making the catches and turn them into big plays. And um, hopefully if Wallace comes back next year and if he comes back healthy, that'll free up the the, the, the slots and those those underneath routes for, for Johnson uh, even more. Because I don't think we give enough credit to what Tylen Wallace meant to this offense. 
Um, you know, it's not like the, the, you know, these aren't the Mason Rudolph days of 350, 400 yards. Like, I mean, that's where we're at right now. Spencer Sanders isn't going to do that consistently, but having someone like Tylen Wallace who can, who can either be the bailout person or can at least bring a safety over, um, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal that, that the latter half of the season that this team really missed. Yeah. And then let's, I mean, play the what if game and you, you know, we'll say Wallace returns and you got, uh, you know, another, a year under Spencer. And then, uh, you got, uh, let's just say Chuba, you know, returns. <laughs> and then let's, let's talk about the defense, Jason, because you got Rodriguez, who's a junior, you know, who, who's by far our best tackler and stuff on the team. Like what he's done this season has just been, I mean, you know, above expectations in my book. And then, uh, you know, Ogbombo Miga, you got him. And then let's talk about our stud freshman in Ford. Like yeah. these are guys that like I'm excited about, like, you know, you know, having they all return, you know, you know, Ford's going to be back. And, Colby Peel. You know, yeah, and exactly. And so, I mean, you just have, you have a bunch of talent uh, on the defensive side. And I think we kind of saw a glimpse, you know, in, in a little bit of that, you know, Late, late on, later on in the season, I think our defense kind of started picking it up a little bit. But uh, I just think it, this team has a lot of – It's a, there's a bunch of ifs out there. But um, if, you know, we can return some players, um, I just – I think we've got a lot of potential and a lot of excitement headed into the next year. We just have to – Gundy has to learn to let his boys play and let his offensive coordinator call the game. If you're going to bring him in, let him call the game. I mean – I just don't understand it, but I don't know. Well, I mean, I, you're you're correct on that, and that's always the big question mark. No one's going to really, you know, dog Gundy publicly, but I mean, this is this is a pattern for anyone who's watched Oklahoma State since Gundy. I mean, really took over. the the only The only anomalies are 2010 through 2012 when you had Holgerson and Munkin, and I know people are like, "Well, that's just those are just the glory years. You just wish for what was," but. I mean, things drastically have changed since uh, Yursich was first hired in 2013 to here in 2019. And you've got yeah. recruiting has changed. Recruiting, it's not like recruiting was ever great, but it's gotten progressively worse over the last six years. And then yep. the, the the offensive play calling has gotten progressively worse over the last six years. So either Gundy's mm-hmm. doing a bad job of letting his coaches coach, or he's doing a bad job of hiring coaches who are prepared to play at, at a power five level because we're about yeah. to see Jared. I mean, the way everything's sounding, we're about to find out next year how good your really is as an offensive coordinator because yeah. he's coming back to the big 12, the way it sounds. Yeah. To Texas, right. Off- offensive coordinator. So, I mean, somebody sees something in him and I mean, obviously Gundy saw something in him. It's just how much are they willing to, you know, let him do more than, you know, Gundy did. And then, you know, we're, we're losing uh done. You know, yep. which is one of our big recruiters, you know, and what he's meant to this program. You know, I heard a conspiracy theory. Gundy's going to be here a couple more years. Dunn's going down there to, <laughs> to open the, you know, the get get the pool of recruits from that area and yeah. then come back. And, you know, you, you always hear these crazy rumors and stuff, which I don't know, may not be crazy, but uh, – you know, it's always fun to imagine things like this and play the what if games. I want to play a little what if game real quick. Okay. Jason, okay. If that's fine. Yeah. Let's pretend. Let's just pretend that that uh, players had to play their four years in college football, right? 
There was no leaving early, and players did. I just let's play a fun fact of what if Chuba Hubbard come comes back next year. Okay, so really this was his one full year that he played. Yeah, correct. Last year he was in and out with with Justice Hill, but this year we really got to see what he can do when he's the lead back. So let's say he comes back next year. Okay, puts up another th- the same season, two thousand yards. You know, two thousand yards. If he were to return next year, he would already in the Big Twelve, Big Eight years, uh, jump to number five career rushing. You know, all time, and then uh, he would be. You know, he would be up in the hundreds of the you know NCAA, but not quite. You know, all the way up there. Mm-hmm. If he were to come back two more years and put up those numbers, he would. He would shatter the Big 12 record. Yeah. Right? And he would then jump to number two in college football since 1958, saying it would put him at, you know, right now he's at like 2,800 or something like that. Put another 2,048. He'd be up at 6,800, just under 7,000, you know, who was, you know, put up by, you know, uh, uh, oh, I've just uh, lost his name. Ron Dane? Yeah, Ron Dane. Uh, so, but now we're not including, you know, Barry Sanders. Now let's look at Barry Sanders. Say Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders played two years behind the Hall of Fame running back, right? Yep. So he he really only had one year in college football. If a full like this is your season type of year, he didn't do much. You know, he only put up twenty eight hundred plus yards and yeah. shattered all kinds of you know touchdown records and and all this stuff. Had he? Barry Sanders, if he would have came back, we're not even going to talk about the Big 12, Big 8. But if he if he would have come back for his next two years, because he would have just had the one, you know, one more year. Yeah. But if, if he would have played, you know, the, if he would have had his four years, dude, he would have shattered. He would have shattered the college football record. He would have been 10,000-plus yards. And, you know, if you do, do the math. Now, of course – you know, a person's not going to put up those same numbers probably every single year. Yeah. But, you know, when you base it on one year and just look at what they did, you know, that one year he puts up, you know, 2,856 yards, whatever it was, you know, you times that by four, uh, we're in the 11,000s. No, no, the Dane has like 7,100 or something like that yards. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, my, my point is, is the, the amount of talent and here, I didn't even talk about Thurman Thomas, you know, uh, Ernest, like I, I haven't even talked about all these backs, uh, that have come through Oklahoma state. Like, you know, somebody made the comment, Georgia running back you, well, you know what? Oklahoma state is running back university, all the talent that we have had at that position. And then here we are sitting on one with, with Chuba Hubbard. And it was, it's special to see what he, he did in one one season. And yeah, I, I made the comment on Twitter. I said, you know, of all the guys that have been opting to, to leave early and come back, Chuba Hubbard is the one that I have cared the most about coming back. And the reason is, is because, you know, obviously when Sanders was here, you know, he was behind Thurman, 86, 87. He had his year 88. Well, I'm, I'm six, seven years old. You know, we're, we're six, seven years old at yeah. that time. Old enough to know OSU football and Barry, you know, know Barry Sanders, but but not really old enough to care whether he leaves for the pros or you know, I didn't realize any of that stuff. Like he left a year early, you know, whatever. Uh, so when I say uh, <clears throat> the person I have cared most about 
coming back. It's got to be Chuba Hubbard because I just think the ceiling is so high for this guy. And if we would, if Gundy would actually let him finish out the season, and do, which I think he did the most part of the season, but you know, let him finish that out. Just I mean, the sky's the limit. And, and not to mention, he did a lot of that without Wallace being on the field. Well, yep. what's that have to do with it? It opens your offense out. You know, people are more. You know, these last half of the season, they were more focused on all we got to do is shut down Chuba. You know, so you leave him in the game, it opens up your offense. Who knows the kind of damage, you know, he, he could have done. But to me, it's just exciting. If anybody is going to get close, remotely close to Barry Sanders' spectacular season, which I think we can all agree on, was has to be the best performance in college football history, single se- single season. Um if anybody's going to even get close to those, that, those single season numbers, um, I think it's Chuba Hubbard. I mean, he was already at 2000, what, 94? Yeah, he finished with 2094. He did it on 328 yeah. carries. Yeah. So, I mean, you give him another season with, you know, I'm not saying he gets anywhere close to Barry's 2800, but I'm just, but I'm saying I would like his chances more than anybody we've had yeah. since. Or, you know, even in the future, I'd put money on it. So yeah. it would just be awesome to see. What if those guys came back? Well, I mean, it, it, it would be great. I mean, it, it would be something. And, you know, people kind of harken back to when Rudolph and Washington decided to come back for their senior years. And I mean, there are a lot of similarities, but let's be honest, like Chuba is on a different plane than those guys. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's in a place potentially, you know, and I know right now he, he supposedly got his NFL grade back. So he kind of knows where he sits. He's supposed to make a decision in the next couple of weeks, but he like third, third round somewhere, uh, so, somewhere I've heard anywhere between third to fifth. And, yeah. um, but you know, there's so many life experiences and life reasons to make this decision beyond just, sure. well, I could come back and have another good year, maybe up my st- stock. It's, you know, there's so many life decisions that go into it, but yeah. he's the guy, you know, compared to like Rudolph and Washington, like those guys, honestly, I felt like they, they were, were coming back and that they needed to, um, yeah. because they both still had, had quite a bit to prove. Chuba, the only thing he has to prove now is that he can do it repeatedly. You know, that's yeah. the thing you, you you bring up Barry. The one thing Barry showed in the NFL is he could do it repeatedly. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he was he, he had the best single season in college football history. And then, you know, if he would have not retired early, like he would have broken every NFL rushing record and put it at a place that no one would ever get to. Absolutely. You know, I mean, he, he consistently showed. So yeah, if he comes back the next year, now the OSU team wouldn't have been as good in 89, but um, if he comes back, he's going to have another 2000 yard season just because he was that good. Now with Chuba, if, if he came back, would he have another 2000 yard season? I don't know, but I, I bet I would be willing to bet he would at least have a 1600, 1700 yard year. And, yeah. and just prove that, that, you know, this wasn't a fluke. And, and to me, that's the only reason he could come back is to prove to the NFL and to anybody who might be a doubter that this wasn't a fluke. Um, right. You know, obviously the, the voters of all the, the various awards thought it was a fluke because they, they decided to elect the guy who's done it for three years straight now, um, Jonathan Taylor, to, to say he was the best running back. Um, so obviously the voters, uh, across America weren't convinced that Chuba was actually good. Um, or at least as good as, as, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. This is a, like the difference between like me thinking like, 
you know, like I said, Chuba coming back and if Barry would have came back, Barry could not have, have accomplished anything more. You know, he couldn't have upped his stock any more than he did. I mean, he was a Heisman winner, rushed for that many yards. I mean, he, he could not have done, you know, any more. So, I mean, of course he's going to leave. Chuba, uh, just like you said, I, I don't necessarily know that he would put up the 2,000 again. You know, that's just playing the what-if game. But uh, I do think he would be a 1,600-yard-plus rusher. And the reason the reason is why I got that much confidence is because – I have watched this kid all year long, and I watched him. I remember last year, you know, when he would come in from Hill. I made comments during that Bedlam game when when Hill, you know, got hurt and went out and, and Chuba come in. I was at that game, and I turned to my brother, and I was like, dude, he is going to be so much better than Hill. And we, we already knew how good Hill was and what Hill brought to the table, but you could see the level of difference from, from last year, you know, when he was in. And so I do think there could be some consistency just because of – He's so patient in seeing what opens, but he's got such a burst uh, of getting through the holes, and and he could stop on a dime. Like he just—that's one thing that was so good about Barry. Barry could stop on a dime. Barry could run and boom, pop, freeze you in your tracks and cut back the other way. Does Chuba have that kind of stopping ability? No, but but you see glimpses of it, and you you see glimpses of how good he could be. And I just think, I just think, um, of course. I, I, that's a selfish thing. I would love for him to come back just for what he means to OSU. Um, because honestly, um, you take Chuba Hubbard off of the OSU team. Um, and, and we don't, we, we don't, we may not make it to a bowl game. I, I mean, how many, how many games did he put on his back and, and win that for us? You know, I love Wallace and Wallace to me is one of the top receivers in the nation. But, you know, you took Wallace out of the game. What did we do? We put it on Chuba Hubbard's game, on back. If Chuba Hubbard had been the one going out and Wallace was still there, um, we might have won a few more games, but I still don't think we would have been as successful in some of our wins uh, putting the ball on the back of Wallace than, than Chuba Hubbard. I just think he means that much to our team and what he could do if he comes back selfishly. But unselfishly, the kid deserves to be able to make that choice. He's worked hard for, you know, the goals he set for himself. And so, you know, if he goes, hey, power to him. But I just think it could do nothing but up his stock. And and because uh, people were on notice last night. More national people were watching. Yeah. I mean, if they didn't see something out of his 18 carries or 19, whatever it was, um, in those runs, I mean, they were making comments about it all night long. Like, I just don't. I just don't see how he couldn't, you know, up his stock a little bit. But, you know, hey, unselfishly, it's his decision. He's worked hard for it. So I'd be so, so happy for him, you know, being to compete at the next level. And and I would think he would make a, you know, we've seen Dustin Seal get in there and and get a little playing time in his first season. So, um, you know, maybe I'm sure Chuba would too, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think he will make a a good NFL running back. I don't know what his ceiling is at the NFL, um, but yeah, it's it's ultimately his decision from a from an OSU perspective. Um, the scary thing if Chuba does go is Jared, like there is nobody at running back for twenty twenty. Did you laugh a little bit? Like I not really laugh, but like what are you? Obviously, you have not watched any OSU. Like on those commentators last night. <laughs> when Chuba, one of those drives, you know, Chuba ran one time when he come out for three plays yeah, or whatever, yeah. and Brown was in there. Listen, I love Brown. I think he's, you know, 
hard runner, but he is nowhere on the level of Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. I mean, you could you could see it easily. Anybody who can't see that is crazy, is, is fooling themselves. He is nowhere on the level of Justice Hill nor, you know, Chuba Hubbard. And those guys made the comment of, you know, Chuba leaves, hey, they OSU is excited about this Brown, says says he's every bit as fast as Chuba. Uh, they say, you know, him, Johnson, Chuba run sprints every day, and it's a different – outcome maybe that's the fact but as far as running ability um he's got a long ways to go to to get up to tuba status and i know we got got the other kid coming in coming up but you know it'll be another you know it'll be if if tuba doesn't come back it will have to be like somebody's gonna have to prove that they're they're capable because you know the difference with justice hill is is you knew tuba was was capable but if yeah. you remember the year before Chuba got there or when he redshirted, um, there wasn't wasn't a whole lot behind Justice Hill. And I guess a lot of that goes back to, to recruiting. I mean, we're we don't stockpile the 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 skill positions like we used to. Um, you know, and, and you know, part of that's probably Marcus Arroyo and, and Casey Dunn who are now gonna be on the, the UNLV staff. And so cause, you know, Chuba was Arroyo's last big get. But he, I mean, he brought in Justice Hill, and so, you know, if if the cupboard is is empty behind the 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 main stud, then if that that guy leaves, um, yeah. that that that's a little bit of a scary thought. And I know if if Sanders comes back healthy, I mean, he's he's got the running ability, but you can't like he doesn't need to be leading the team in rushing by any means. No, no, I just, I don't, I just don't see. It's a lot of question marks, you know. I know he could be a, you know, a good ad. I think he's a good, you know, third down back to come in and, you know, relieve and all that. But speaking of Brown, but I don't know that he can be the, the man, um, the full-time man. So, I mean, but who knows? I mean, you know, we, we've seen it time and time again. We've lost a back and we always seem to um, get somebody in there at least capable, but I don't want just capable anymore. Like we, when we, we had Tuba Hubbard, and that's what frustrates me so much is the the potential that this team we found out had. You know, there's kind of some question marks early on, but once we saw exactly what Tuba was going to bring to the table, we knew what Wallace was going to bring to the table. And then I think we saw that Spencer, Spencer Sanders had a high ceiling. He wasn't quite where he needed to be, but um, – we could expect some good things from him. I mean, you just get excited about it. And then I just, I really think we fell short of expectations this year uh, in the way we ended. And, um, you know, I just, I think we were better than a, you know, an eight and five team. Well, it it definitely would seem that the, the potential was there. I mean, you can always point back to that terrible October um, losing at Texas tech, losing at home against Baylor because of just a absolute meltdown in the fourth quarter, both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, so there were definitely games you could go back and point to and be like, well, they they had a chance in this A&M game. Um, I don't mm. think there's an OSU fan in existence who doesn't think that they should have beat A&M because OSU was a better team than Texas A&M. And, but they, as is sometimes the case, were not put in positions maybe to, to succeed. And so yeah. all the A&M people come at me i don't i don't care uh they are not that good and if you give your coach a gatorade bath for going eight and five and you pay him seven million dollars a year you deserve to go eight and five every year and be the best eight and five team in the history of college football well anyway jared that that brings football season to a close and um 
the good news is basketball season is in full swing and uh you know things are still kind of out on this basketball team obviously Isaac likely um is the motor that makes this team go because they were 7 and 0 with him and now they're 1 and 3 without him but rumor yep. has it uh the Cowboys play on Sunday and which will be yesterday at the time this thing gets released and supposedly he will play in some capacity so that's good news for the Cowboys is this is their last non-conference regular or non-conference game of the season and so um you know, Big 12, the Big 12 is coming in basketball. So we'll have that covered for you here in the spring. So, uh, and Jared, um, you know, we got wrestling coming up too. Southern Scuffle is happening uh, on New Year's. And so there'll be a lot to talk about here in the next week. There will be a lot. And hey, real quick on basketball, how about your Nay? The season he's kind of come, come on and had, you know, I didn't really expect that from him. But, anyways, yeah. Well, he, he has to, it's obvious he has to stay on the court. Um, for, for Oklahoma State to have a chance because when he's on the floor, I mean, he he has just become an unbelievable asset both on offense and defense, but he's got to stay out of foul trouble. And then if you can get likely back and let these young guys continue to grow because these young guys are about to hit a giant wall here in the Big 12 slate. So the, senior, the seniors need to step up and, and your needs to stay on the floor and, and they really need likely to be back and be healthy. But hey, and speaking of the what-if game, I mean, imagine – getting Chuba Wallace back, we could have a, a big season in football. Then in basketball, you got most of this, these guys back, plus you're adding, you know, what is he, the number two guy? Yeah, number two overall, potential number one pick in the in 2021. Yeah, I mean, adding him to, to uh, you know, uh, a team that has a lot of fight and, you, you know, you really enjoy watching just because the way Boynton coaches them and, and uh, the things they've been able to accomplish. So that makes it exciting. And then, you know, and then you add the the wrestling. You know, this year is going to be a little bit different a year. You know, Fix has taken his Olympic, uh, you know, leave. And then so he, he's not there, but um, he's just out competing, you know, in the world trials and all that, the Olympic trials and all that stuff. And then so you add him back to the mix next year. Plus we got – like the number one recruit yep. stud coming in. Like our recruiting class was so good in wrestling. Like next year, if not next year, the year after, I mean, these next couple of years for OSU wrestling is going to be exciting. Like I cannot wait to see uh, where this team can potentially be. Now, you know, sometimes it don't always, you know, come through with, you know, what you expect out of your recruits, but you get some of these guys back, add fix back to the mix. Mix. Uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be. Um, I'm hoping o- Oklahoma State back back to to being the top in uh, college wrestling. So yeah, it, a lot of exciting. Plus, not to mention baseball. I mean, yeah, the way baseball great is going. Stadium. Yeah, oh, man, it's it's going to be a fun next couple of years for Oklahoma State sports. Yeah, I saw uh, uh, D1 Baseball posted their early uh, signing recruit rankings, and Oklahoma State came in in the top five in in baseball recruiting in the during the early signing period. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, things things are definitely looking up in that direction. You got uh, Kenny G over at the, on the softball diamond. The spring is definitely fun in Stillwater again. It's kind of like it was back when we were in school, Jared. Yeah, football was kind of uh, uh, it's good and bad, but it seems like uh, Gallagher is on the path to being rocking again. And uh, then we've got that brand new baseball stadium opening up in March. So a lot to get excited about. Um, and, uh, you know, 
You gonna be there the first game, March twentieth? I I sure hope so. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot going on. I've I've held off on buying season tickets, um, even though every day I want to buy season tickets. That's I almost want to buy season tickets just to buy them. I mean, even though I I help uh, high school baseball, and so I I'm not able to make a lot because yeah. of that. And then adding on this year, I'm gonna be missing a lot, you know, just for chemo treatment. Yeah. So, but I would love to. Uh, yeah, I almost want to buy those season tickets just so I could say I had the season tickets for the last game ever yep. played, you know, in Alley P and then the first in O'Break. So that would yep. be a cool season ticket to have. Yeah, well, maybe we should split them. Maybe we should go in and. Um, well, yeah. then it'd be probably some hard arguing over who gets <laughs> that last. Of course, it may not be because I probably won't be able to make the March 20th because if I'm not in chemo, I think our. High school boys, boys will be on their spring break trip. Uh, well, down in the Gulf Shores. So. I don't know. Maybe we can talk about that, or maybe if we've got a sponsor who wants to step up and uh, yeah. get us to the game. So, <laughs> a lot well, easier to talk about the games when you're there. That's experience. true. That is true. Well, Jared, um, it's it's fun. It's it's great to be back, and uh, glad that you're doing well down there in Atlanta. And uh, we will keep this thing rolling. And man, 2020 is here. It's unbelievable. Oh, I'm gonna have to start remembering to fill out my checks. 2020. Yep, that's always the challenge, isn't it? That was always the worst yeah. thing in school. You know, when you had to date your paper. Yeah, first like day the, back, yeah. yeah, it was the worst. Well, uh, for Jared Kennedy, I'm Jason Evans, and this is the Loyal and True Podcast. We are glad to be back, and we hope we have a great spring. So we will see you later. <laughs>